Hi, my name is Stitch, and I feel like I'm going to fuck this up. You know that voice? It sounds like someone you used to know, or someone you still know, and it's in the back of your head, and it's saying, you don't know what you're doing. You're just going to screw it up. Why are you doing that? It's not like I hear things to the point where I can't function day to day. I do, like, I pay my bills. I feed my kids. That person or those people, they only exist in my mind now. And there's no one left anymore standing in front of me telling me how to be. You know those people. They say, get a good job, go to school, get married, raise kids. Those things equate a happy life, buy the right house, get the right car, pay off that mortgage. Why can't you just do those things? You can't pressure someone into trust, nor can you pressure someone into happiness. And no one ever exactly taught me how to do either of those things. I don't, I don't remember most of what happened when I was little, up until um, I became a teenager. Sometimes I feel like it was all just a really bad dream. You know, I probably just made up the bits and pieces I do remember. But then I get a call or a text. Sometimes I even get a card in the mail to remind me. Thank you, Mom. But we're not going to get into that right now. That's for later. That's for if you stick around. But now, now I understand what the term triggered means. I didn't realize it before. I'd heard it and I'd seen it in textbooks and on TV and I didn't realize that that's what I was doing or how I was reacting. I mean, it didn't occur to me that I was a victim of childhood trauma and abuse until I was older. And before then, I just thought I was a freak. I thought that normal was something that you earn. Like, what do you have to do? to earn normal. I know that for a while, I tried to make everyone else happy. You know, I had the kids, I got married, I did the college thing, I had a happy home and a happy life. But it was not my life. And then I started drinking. And I 
was still miserable. But at least I wasn't the only person not drinking. I mean, sobriety, where I live, is like walking around with a marker on your shirt. What's wrong with you if you don't drink here? Anyways, that's, that's not my point. I was miserable. And I was living life for everybody else. And I know that I could have done a lot worse. But I recognize that drinking is not the only escape. And maybe escape isn't even the right word. I mean, anything in excess can be unhealthy. Not just addiction, you know. And there's all the things that we do in excess to make up for what we went through. I mean, yeah, there's addiction, but there's codependency. You could lean really hard into spirituality. There's an endless plethora of self-help. As for addiction, Time Magazine says that 55 to 60% of PTSD victims develop some form of chemical dependency. That's a really broad term, chemical dependency. I mean, are we drinking beer? Are we doing heavy drugs? Do you have a prescription for it? Also, two-thirds of people in treatment for drug abuse report being abused or neglected as children. Two-thirds. And that's just people that are in treatment. That's not people that do abuse drugs in general. And I get it. I get it because we further perpetuate this whole fucking up thing. I mean, we all develop these destructive tendencies, even if it's destructive in the idea that we have to have all the control. We're never shown otherwise. When we try to find otherwise, <laughs> codependency. Say it with me. Codependency. I remember when I transferred middle schools and I met this girl, and we all have that person that we meet the first day in high school or whatever, and we're nervous. And we see this person and they just have it all figured out. I mean, she was not scared of anything. She just laughed and she was loud. She did whatever she wanted. And she was in rehab, I think, by junior year of high school. I still think about her sometimes. I wonder what made her make the decisions that she made. But you know how it is. You know, one leaves and you just got to find another one to latch on to. Someone else that definitely has all the answers this time. They will show me what normal is. They'll show me happy. But I think it's different for everyone. I mean, I know that my sister put everything in church. Super devout Catholic 
She did every event, volunteered for every little thing. I remember when I got pregnant, she tried to force me to go to confession at some church I'd never even been to, to a priest I'd never met, and I got so upset with her. I think that, you know, mega churches aside, because I know there's the whole church stereotype. I think that any spirituality can be used more as a crutch. Not that spirituality is a bad thing in itself, but sometimes, I mean, sometimes people do need religion for sure. And that's what it's there for. But there should be other things to your life. I mean, it's your life. It's not your planning for afterlife. We don't call it that, I don't think. Do we call it that? That suck. There's also every single kind of self-help you could ever want. And... By that, I mean there are books and retreats, seminars. You can watch any YouTube video, listen to any audiobook, and you can spend all the money in the world doing it. I'm sure that you could fill your entire schedule, use every last PTO day you have, quit your job, and just bury yourself in self-help. You know, when I quit drinking, I thought that was the key. I thought that all I had to do was just quit drinking and then everything would be back to normal or whatever new normal I was going to find, you know? And I feel like, you know, in, I feel like in self-help, or any of the other paths you go down, there's always, like, steps or stages or whatever, you know, to carry you through some type of process to some light at the end of the tunnel. Or is it a cycle and you don't ever actually reach that light? At what point are you not inadvertently focusing your attention around the thing that you've been trying to escape from your entire life? What do you have to sacrifice to live as a person who didn't experience childhood trauma? I am a total straight edge now. I can't even drink more than half a cup of coffee without not being myself. But I know that there's other things that can be really beneficial. You know, I've heard really, really good things about people getting help and overcoming their problems using different kinds of mushrooms. Have you tried them? Are they helping you? Have you been in therapy? I just went back to therapy. I was in it 
when I was younger, but I just, I completely rejected the whole process. I like it now though. I think it'll be different this time because I'm more open to it. You know, it's so funny because there's this whole thing that society has built up. You know, there's drugs and there's therapy. There's medication and there's not medication. Um, Some people say that there's Eastern culture and Western culture and medicine and ways of handling things. And I think that if it helps you, it helps you. I can't tell you, no, you shouldn't do that with your life. If I want to pay to be in therapy and give someone money to listen to my problems, I have that right. And you have the right to microdose or drink a beer or whatever you're doing to handle yourself. I have debated medication lately. I've been sober for about three years now, and I just feel like I'm not really ready to take a step in any direction. That might be why I'm here. What direction are you in? How are you doing? How's legal marijuana? Like, really? (laughs) Oh, you know, I smoked like every day for a couple years when I was in high school, when I was younger. And my friends told me I had a problem and I immediately quit. And it wasn't even a thing to me. Like, it didn't bother me. I think I was just, I was so numb in general that whether or not I had any type of substance was irrelevant because I still, I hadn't accepted what I had gone through. Sometimes I refer to it as the point in my life where I wasn't human yet. So I haven't touched marijuana in years couple times here and there and I got the worst panic attacks ever like ever in my whole life and it happened enough times that I just won't now but now it's legal for you people like what the heck how's that going (laughs) don't I sound like a total straight edge god that's so sad is it going well though you're not burning yourself out not that you do necessarily always become a burnout. I just, like I said, anything in excess can become unhealthy. There's not just being a burnout. There's, there's over-medication. There's different forms of overspending and self-indulgence. I mean, get a teenager a credit card and that becomes extremely unhealthy. Glad I didn't have one. But I think it's always a cycle. You know, you... You try something, you bury yourself in it, you overcompensate, and then you just, you burn out, you detach. There's that self-loathing for a little while until you find something else to overcompensate with. Sometimes it's just 
doing your own research. And I mean, any amount of research on childhood trauma will lead you to a doctor, a therapist, a guru, a group of doctors, you know, those YouTube videos of intelligent people sitting in overstuffed chairs or in front of a crammed auditorium talking about broken little humans. And then the one broken person comes out, you know, the one person that doesn't quite have it all figured out. And they come out and they are well-dressed. They have a collared shirt on. They have ironed pants and their hair is slicked back. And the only sign that they went through anything is a handful of tattoos. That's the only sign that they aren't the ideal representation of normal. Just so that you can relate to them when you hear their story as they're surrounded by the doctors on the overstuffed couches and chairs. And you watch when they analyze that person and sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes it's really inspiring to see this person and see how, you know, they are better. And you hear them talk about how far they've come. And I'm not knocking those people. I mean, if you, if you find a way to overcome what happened when you were a child, then props to you, no matter what it is. If it's therapy, medication, spirituality, if you have to spend every day sneaking out to your garage to smoke a bowl before your kids get home from school, I'm not going to judge you for that. If you do decide that you want to check out some therapy stuff, um, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos from this place called Med Circle. I don't get paid by them. I don't purchase anything from them. I just think it's really interesting. I just scroll through it and see what they have. It's a little bit more relatable and the people aren't staring directly at you, which is nice. There's probably a lot of other similar groups and initiatives and societies, whatever. Do you know any similar things? I think they brought on a couple other people from other groups. But the thing that no one ever talks about is what comes next. I find that the biggest struggle is maintaining the after. Drug relapse rates are between 40 and 60% in the US. And I know that it's really, really hard, but I feel like part of why it's hard is because no one told us what to do after. After we focus on getting better, there's still that peace inside of us, like we're still alone. No one ever showed us how to just be normal. We spend most of our lives trying to figure out what everyone else already seems to just innately hold inside of themselves. 
how to just function the way that they just function. I feel like after all the work I've done, I'm just, I'm standing at this crossroad. Or maybe I'm, I'm walking down a particular path and it's just not that clear right now. There's all these distractions, all these other ways that it could go. It's making me wonder how everyone else is. You know, if I had someone at any point in my life tell me that it was okay to just be myself, I think I might have figured this out a little bit sooner. It might not have taken me 30-some years to discover that my life depends on making myself happy. And now I have to figure out what me being happy even looks like. And that's how I came up with this idea. You know, throughout our lives, after experiencing all the things that we experienced when we were kids, we were just looking for a little bit of guidance that was stolen from us, that we didn't get to have. And I'm not, I'm not here to sound like some pretentious, demeaning asshole. I have my own struggles from day to day. I am nowhere near perfect. I have not really figured anything out other than how to just not drink alcohol, honestly. (laughs) But I want to have a conversation. And I know that some people out there, I know that some of you need to just tell your story. I know that some people just need to let other people know what they went through. And then other people need to hear that they're not the only people that have been through it. But more importantly, I want to hear about how you're coping with your normal. I'm not here to work on psychoanalyzing, and I'm not here to get anyone into some hippy-dippy cure-all, whatever the biggest fad is right now. I just feel like someone somewhere needs to know that there's a path other than the self-destructive one they're on right now. That they don't need to hear it from a doctor or a guru or a priest or a family member. And I just want to talk about it. I want to hear about your normal because if one human that's going through a hard time can just hear that it's not always going to be like this, it might help them feel a little bit less alone. I would love to have you come talk to me. And if you're worried about being open to the public, you can call yourself whatever you want. Like I said, my name's Stitch. I just want to talk and share our lives. If you know where I'm coming from, if someone really fucked up your childhood and you've experienced some kind of trauma when you were younger, please email me. My email address is stitchnormal at gmail.com. There's no doctors, no substances, no middleman, no thousand dollar weekend retreat, no self-help audiobook. I'm not going to push anything on you. I want to hear what you're doing. How's your normal? How's your job going? How's renovating your new house? What diet craze are you into? What sport is your kid playing this season that has you all sorts of stressed out? How's that asshole cat you cohabitate with? I bet you guys have heard mine a couple times in the background. How's your slice of normal? How did you find it? And what are you doing with it?
I hope I can hear from you soon. I was just thinking that maybe some other people could step forward. Maybe together we can just work on navigating normal. Once again, I'm Stitch. My email address is stitchnormal at gmail.com S-T-I-T-C-H normal at gmail.com I hope I hear from you soon.